Today our Lord speaks to his disciples this parable about the landowner and the people who, who are called to hire and, and work in the vineyard at the different hours of the day, starting in the morning, mid-morning, late morning, midday, afternoon, evening, and just at the very last hours as they come in. And he speaks, uh, you know, because this, this acknowledgement that whenever it comes to, to something like our, you know, for our daily job, one who comes in and, and you know, does the regular, uh, the regular shift, does the full shift from morning to evening time, uh, and then somebody comes in at, uh, you know, five till, <laughs> five till six, so to say, and in the, in the, we know that the day ends at six for the, for the work day, then we come in and, you know, put in five, five minutes of work, and then, and then the, the, the landowner gives the full day's wage. And so, as a person who's been there, you know, working by the sweat of your brow the whole time, you're thinking... I got to get more than he does, right? I got to get more than that guy because he literally just showed up. He hasn't even broken a sweat. I mean, he just kind of, you know, was, was right there at the end. And yet, the wage is the same, the usual daily wage given to both. This is for us to understand that, of course, our Lord, you know, uses this, uses these examples to be able to, to speak to us because the parables always, they take something that, that makes sense to us, that kind of hooks us, and then it, it brings us to another place. Because there's this natural understanding that if we were the ones who had been working all day, then it would be a great thing for us, uh, you know, to, to get extra. We would look for extra, especially if those who came later got the same as we were expecting to start with. And so the Lord uses this to speak about the kingdom, to speak about ultimately, really, the church. It's this acknowledgement that the Jewish people very often, you know, saw themselves as, as the first recipients, the first inheritors of the good news that, that God has come among them, that, that the Lord is, is with them in the temple, that He comes to bestow blessings upon them, that He's made covenant with them. They are the ones who, in a sense, kind of labor, have, have labored long in the day, the Jewish people, having received this message from the Lord and walked with Him from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob on down. And so they're the ones who, who rightly can, can think that that they're deserving of, of a fitting wage for the day. But then there will be others who will come, those who are not Jewish, the Gentiles, the nations, as we call them. These who would come in a whole variety of different times and places and would come in, and they would receive the same promise that the Jews had received, the promise of inheritance many years before. And there can be an envy about this, a jealousy. These ones, they haven't, they haven't borne the, they haven't earned it, really. They haven't been here through it all. To see, to see them as, as kind of second, second class, perhaps. The Jews, are the, the, they're the main ones, and everybody else is kind of down there below. And if, if they get something, we should get even more. That's the understanding. As the, as the kingdom goes and continues to spread, it would be a natural inclination for people to, to compare us and them. This is part of the reason even the deacons existed, is in the early church where, you know, there was division, and, and one, group, one group, you know, one side said, you know, we feel like we're being neglected. And so the deacons, you know, began to share in the ministry, and so that, so that there would be a, a union between the two. And so it's this, this fact that, that there's an envy that can happen about those who come in into the, into the church, into the kingdom. But it's for us also to apply it 
really just within our own day, too, because all of these things, they, they make sense in the bigger picture, but they also apply in our present day and for the individual soul. There are some of us who have been baptized in the church as infants. There are some who have been laboring long and hard and under the sweat of the sun, we might say, laboring in the church, keeping the faith, being, being you know, good Catholics, making sure we get to our days, you know, our Sundays and holy days, and the various other, you know, things that we take up during the year as manifestations of our faith, attempting to walk with Jesus and conform our life to Him. But then we know that there are also others who will come into the faith, not as infants, but later on down the line, perhaps as young children brought by their parents, perhaps as teens or as college students, having begun to explore the world a bit, have found something that they were missing the person of Jesus. Adults, older adults, those who come even at the hour of death and right at the very last come to know the person of Christ and receive holy baptism, receive the sacraments and mercy, receive the gift of faith. And all of us, whether one is baptized moments before the death or one has been baptized since infancy and lived a good long life laboring in the church, all of us receive the usual daily wage, which is heaven. And it is a beautiful thing. It is not for us to be envious of others. It is not to be, for us to be upset that someone else gets what we also get. We should fight for that. We should go to great lengths to ensure that many, many others come to receive what we have offered to us every single week, every single day, in the gift of the sacraments, in the gift of the life of faith and of grace, and all the fruitfulness that our faith gives to us. We should be clamoring for souls to come to know Jesus. So this is the invitation for us. You know, Jesus goes out and, and, and he, he goes and he's, you know, he's talking about using this, um, this parable. And the landowner goes out and he's calling people, you know, at different times of day. He goes out and he calls them and he goes out and he calls them and he goes out and he calls them. And he continues to go out. He didn't just go out once and say, well, yeah, it's kind of good enough, you know, not going to expend my energy too much more beyond that. But rather he continues to persevere because he never knows when a soul will be willing to come to work. So he keeps going, he keeps asking. He keeps pursuing. And there are many, many souls in the world today who are standing idly by, as the Lord puts it in the gospel, because they've not been called to labor in the vineyard of the Lord. There are many who simply have not heard the invitation of Christ to come and to find rest in Him. There are many who don't know the goodness of the Lord's peace that He offers to us, the gift of the grace of the sacraments, the joy of hearing those blessed words, I absolve you from your sins, and to know that it means something, it affects something in us, it changes us. There are many who do not know these blessings, and it is for us to be the landowner in the case, and to go out and, and to invite them, to call them, to say, come and stay with us, come labor in the vineyard with me, it's a beautiful thing. It's not a toilsome and burdensome thing, but it is a joy, this gift of faith, and to share it with others, to share it is the key. It would be a terrible thing for us if on the last day, 
as we went to go stand before the just judge, the Lord looked at us and read the story of our life and said, why did you stand by idly all day? Why were you not laboring? Why were you not seeking to bring others to come to know me? Why did you simply settle in but not do more? The Lord calls us to be evangelists, each and every single one of us. You know, sometimes it's the, it's the thought that, that it's the job of the priest to be able to, you know, to bring people into the church. It's the job of the priest to make priestly vocations. It's the job of the priest to, 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 to do anything and everything. But if it's the job of the priest, y'all are in tough shape because we got shrinking numbers of priests. And half of us are just kind of tired most of the time. If it's all on the priest's shoulders, the world is in bad shape. It's not, though. It's on all of our shoulders, the priest included, surely. But it's for every single one of us to be mindful of the fact that as we go out into the world that we carry Christ with us. We're not just individuals kind of going it alone, but we have at our back our blessed Lord, the one who has created all things and can do marvelous works. We have dwelling in our soul, every one of us by virtue of baptism, the Holy Spirit of God who is able to lead us to all truth, who is able to, to convict us and convert us and to call us to himself, and not only us, but others too. I was listening to a podcast the other day. An individual was talking about how they you know, got on an airplane, and there was, there was a, you know, they come over the loudspeaker, and they said, you know, somebody, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to wait for somebody to get on the plane uh, a, a few minutes, and, you know, of course, everybody grumbles. You know, of course we're going to wait, and didn't wait for me last time, right? And, you know, kind of grumble, grumble, grumble. And this person, this young woman, uh, walks onto the plane and sits in the seat next to the man telling the story. And when everybody walks, when she walks on the plane, everybody starts kind of mock clapping, you know, as one, one does whenever, a, uh, whenever you're in kindergarten and you drop your plate, or at least for us at the seminary, if you dropped a glass and it broke on the floor, all the seminarians would clap for you as a way of mocking you, saying, good job, you messed up, Right? So this fact that this young woman comes on the plane, everybody starts clapping as if she's done something wrong. She sits in the seat next to the man, and she begins to weep because she's all alone, and her brother has died, and she's the one that has to go tend to everything. And nobody knows that except the man in the seat next to her. And the reason he knows is because she sat down and began to sob, and he, acknowledging the fact that I'm a Christian, that I have, I have the Holy Spirit at work in me. Jesus wants to do things through me. He turned to her and he said, can I help you? Would you like to talk? And they began ultimately to pray together and establish a relationship. And he was there to support her and to encourage her and to be with her. It doesn't always mean that, that, that we have to go stand on street corners to evangelize. It's for us simply to acknowledge and to see the world around us rather than to be so focused upon ourselves, to see the world around us. And whenever we recognize something wherein the Holy Spirit and the quiet of our heart says, do something, for us to get up and do something. A simple act of kindness, a simple smile, a gesture of concern, all of these are, are very small things, but they could be things that are transformative. Simple invitations to people. Can I pray for you? Is there something I can pray for for you? 
Try that next time you go out to dinner. Whenever the, the, the waiter or waitress comes to you for the last time to thank you for the meal and to, to give you your change or to give you your card back, say, you know, great, you've done great tonight. Is there something I can pray for you for? It usually stops them in their tracks, and they're shocked by it. But usually they have something you can pray for, and it's a tremendous blessing to be able to do so. And they get to witness and, and, and recognize that, that someone here is praying for me. And we never know the effect these things have. This is the grace the Lord offers to us every day to be his hands and his feet, to be his laborers in the vineyard alongside so many others, and to beg and to long that more will join us. Not, be, not to be envious of those who go and do their own thing and come into the grace of the sacraments with only a few hours to persevere but rather to long, as St. Paul longed, to long for heaven and to long for it so intensely that we're willing to stay here, to labor in the vineyard for the, of the Lord, that many souls might come to know the goodness of Jesus, that many souls might know his peace and his grace and his mercy as we ourselves have first so wondrously received it.